On today's episode, we talked about celebrity deaths, why people are so intrigued and obsessed with celebrity deaths, why it's such the buzz, right, when celebrities die. It's kind of a buzz. It sure is. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. So, Doc, celebrity deaths. We've had a lot this year. We've had quite the bevy. Yeah, you know, we haven't even really got through, you know, a lot of the year. So it's pretty intense, the the people that we've lost this year. You know, just naming a few like Meatloaf and Bob Saget and Gilbert Gottfried, Betty White, and uh, recently Ray Liotta. You know, that was... That one, it was weird for me. I, I think that one, you know, I really liked Goodfellas. That was a really good movie. And uh, he, he he really killed it in that one. And le- legitimately, he was fabulous acting in that. It's interesting to me, you know, the psychology behind it, because, you know, some of these people, you know, and nothing against Bob Saget, but like, you don't hear a lot about them. And then they you know, they die. And then it's like, everybody's coming out of the woodworks, you know, talking about them. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I like Bob Saget. I, uh, Full House was an amazing show. Um, and I also liked his little cameos in a lot of the, uh, the comedy movies, but you know, it, it's just interesting to me. And you know, we kind of, t- you know, the idea of Nirvana, you know, Kurt Cobain, like, do you think it, and maybe this is, you know, just kind of like in a personal thought or whatever, but do you think that these people, um, it's almost like they become back in the spotlight when they die because, you know, who they were, right? Well, you know, and you go into like Kurt Cobain and, and um, Amy Winehouse and like the, what was it, the 27s? They call them the 27s, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix and all that. Do they almost become martyrs? for dying because they're celebrities and the way that they die from what it is. And it's, it's just a really interesting thing. And I think for us, we have this natural, like we want to know what celebrities are doing in general. Right. I mean, that's why reality shows work, right? We want to literally watch a celebrity go through the day to day, right? You got cribs, you got, you got all the, like the, 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 the real, the real housewives of blah, blah, blahs and who news. And I think, I think that's just, the epitome of like the reality show, right. Is the death. Right. And I think too, for, for some of us, for some of us out there, we don't look at celebrities like normal people. We look at them at a higher level. So when they die even more so for some, it goes into their um, immortality or mortality. Like, okay. Like, okay. If you know, the bad out of hell now is, is dying. Like, you know, am I next? And then on top of it, it is, it's like, you don't think they're ever going to die, right? This idea that they're just kind of like these staples in the media. Well, you bring up a good point too. If you think about it, you know, like when a- actors and actresses die and they're in their older ages, I think that's differently looked at as, you know, you know, a younger, you know, a- actor or actress dying, right? You know, I, I think it's it's interesting because there's a lot of other you know, famous people that have died this year, but we, we just don't really, you know, we don't really talk about them. 
And I just wonder, you know, is it the 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 weird, not weird, but the uh, morbid curiosity of, you know, dying young, right? And that, you know, I always say, like Billy Joel said it best: only the good die young. And I, I really wonder if, for example, Kurt Cobain would have died, you know, later in life, would he be, you know, immortalized like he is today, or Jimi Hendrix, or um, you know, Amy Winehouse, all these, you know, really beautiful singers and, and songwriters and actors and actresses. But if they would have died in their, you know, late 80s, 90s, would we be still talking about them? Well, you know, I mean, we can. Well, yeah, I think we would. You know, you look at Betty White, right? She's she's made a, a f- phenomenal career. But but I would say Betty she, White's kind of a different because Betty White's always been in the spotlight. Okay, even so in her older so age. You're saying if 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 Kurt Cobain dropped out of the scene and then died at the age of eighty, would we be talking it like him that like he died when he was twenty seven? That's whatever. what I'm saying. Doesn't no, ab- give absolutely, a different popularity absolutely not. To and I find that younger people get Marilyn Monroe. You know, like these these situ even even Elvis, right? He was too young to die. You know, this idea that he was too young. Um, yeah, it it is different. But then you can go as far as okay, but you had Abraham Lincoln who died at a later age and we're still talking about him he's still a very uh yeah but abraham lincoln is in is in history is in history books right you're 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 taught about our presidents especially the ones that we tend to find to be you know the better of the presidents that did you know some ground changing things right some life-changing events you know lincoln and again but think about this lincoln was shot yeah, oh, absolutely. There was traumatic, just like JFK. You right, you know, the same the, thing compared right. to, you know, when a president dies of old age. In the older generation, if you ask them where they were when JFK got shot, they can tell you. Right, no, abs- I, I hear you. And, and, and to be frank, too, but you can look at music the same way because music changes lives, right? Yeah, the, the, you know, Jimi Hendrix might have, some of his lyrics might have saved so many people, you know, for all we know. You know, art art is an interesting demeanor but i do think it's not necessarily music or um actors or politicians i think if they fit a certain criteria we want to know as locals right we want to know because we're the average joe right obviously they don't put their pants on you know one leg at a time so we want to we want to know all that and I do find it's very strange. Wait a minute. They don't put their pants on no, one leg at a time? We know that they just, they have magical gold silly, pants. Silliness. They have like uh, magical. Flying. Well, I mean, we talk about celebrity, you know, cases in general, where we could talk about the, the Johnny Depp court case, right? And and the thing is, is that if it was to, you know, random people. No, we wouldn't be talking. We about wouldn't it. be talking. No one, we wouldn't, none of us no. would be watching this court case. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's where I, I wonder is, you know, death. We, we all have, I think, a certain um, need or want to educate ourselves about it in ways that are comfortable for us. For some, it's, you know, they want to know the, the you know, what, what happens to us after the, you know, the, you know, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is purgatory? All that, you know, that kind of curiosity. There's other people that want to know what happens to the body when you die, you know, decomposition and what happens in the morgue and you know what I mean? We, I think we all have certain facets of um, uh, need or want to learn. But I also think you're right. I think there is kind of a, a, 
a gold or a silver lining to celebrities that we just want we want more because i think we believe that because they're these famous people and you know they're getting paparazzi and you know they can spend millions on whatever they want to i think we think that that must be a good life right, right you right. must must right. They, you must be happy right they must right cuz we still even though you know many books and many songs have been written about you know more more money more problems and the reality is is that is the reality you know n- most people don't like the spotlight even celebrities they struggle with it and I think, you know, if, if we talk about, you said the 27 club, you know, I think that's, I think I you're think right. I'm saying, I, think you're I right. think I'm saying it right. Um, I think I'm saying it right. Yeah. That is a really morbid because unfortunately a lot of them died from either, you know, alcoholism, drug overdose. Um, I think Depression, Jimi Hendrix anxiety, actually yeah. like asphyxiated on his vomit. Yeah, I think that yeah. was the, the, the death of Jimi Hendrix. Again, these are really sad situations because these here here again we got these really young popular you know ground shaking artists that never got a chance to live to their 30s 40s and you know you think of like freddie mercury he even him you know he was younger when he when he died all the these stuff and i i think it it just immortalizes them right because it, again with this strange fascination of we want to know more about these people when they die suddenly traumatically or young, then we went even more, you know? Well, yeah, not only that, but there, there, there's two other things that come to my mind being a funeral director um, that I always, I mean, just in, just in general, when it comes to celebrity deaths, one is what I'm fascinated with is how the funeral is, right? You have some of these celebrities that, I mean, just like in life, they go all out, man they have the gold caskets or the clear caskets. They have uh, 20 flower cars, you know, that's gotta be tough too. Like not only being the family member of losing a celebrity, but then having to deal with the grieving process, the, the funeral and having paparazzi, right? Is that just something you sign up for? Yeah, it's not right, but it's just kind of, okay, we've dealt with this all of our lives. So we know this is going to be it. But Nick does that put a damper on the family, right? Because if, if they're going into a situation where they're literally planning, not only just the funeral, but planning how to keep the paparazzi and the crowds back, right? Because this has been going on forever, right? I can't, I can't think of what it was, but in the, the early 1900s, the one actor, the very young actor that was like the heartthrob back in those days died and like New York, like they had to close down streets in New York so they could, people could literally, they couldn't even go into the funeral home. They had to like wait. And that's something too, is just like a community having to deal with that on top of like, I think people have this, this feeling that like a celebrity, like they own like in some ways, right? Like that's my property. So I should be able to go to that funeral. I should be able to go to that cemetery. I should be able to go to their wedding, you know, like all this too. So that's one thing that always catches my attention. The other thing that catches my attention is, and it's, it's for normal people, but specifically it like gets a thousand times fold when it comes to celebrities is the cause of death, right? What did they die from? So for for most people, what I find is they're already past that the person's died. They want to know why. They want to know how. 
And the, what we've talked about, what we've talked about before, it's really nobody's business. But again, we're talking from. about that morbid curiosity. And I also think that it's a one way, again, to if you know that that celebrity died of, of let's, let's say, normal causes like a heart attack or something like that, I think it's more scary for us because it normalizes this this idea that we could die. When it's a drug or um, alcoholism or something like that, we can say, oh, see, I, I don't deal with that, so I don't have to worry about that. Princess Diana, right? I remember even being a really young kid, her funeral was such a big deal. Um, you know, and Alton John did Candle in the Wind and all that beautiful stuff, and that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Um, and she did a lot of beautiful things for um, England. Uh, but but the the thing is, is that you know, you were saying, d- does it interfere with the family grieving? I don't know because again, everybody's so different. Maybe to see all those people come and you know share their stories about how this person meant the world to them, or having someone just randomly say, hey. You know, you don't know me. I didn't really know your your son or your daughter, but you know, even her words just you know saved my life or, or whatever whatever people are saying at the funeral. I think that that can be really maybe helpful. But then I also think you're right. Think about this. Could you imagine if we had, let's say, a huge celebrity like Princess Diana that lived in Ida, Michigan, and then they they died, and they come to your funeral home and they go, oh, by the way. Um, we want to, you know, host it here. We want 18 cars. We want, you know, um, all this grand stuff, gold caskets, all that stuff. I can't imagine what that funeral director is thinking in the back of his mind. Right, right. And then, and, and, you know, like, you know, t- two sexy twin podcasters die, you know, and I mean, Ida would be, you know, just fl- flocking with people, obviously, for ours. But uh, no, no, I, I was thinking about that, too. Like, you couldn't go to like a normal funeral home, I don't think. I, I don't think I, I don't, you know, to keep everybody safe, to be able to do it. Um, I'm sure that. Well, the other thing I could think of, sure would you most... would you call for backup? Would you call other local funeral directors <laughs> and say, hey, listen, we got this. The um, League of Extraordinary you, yeah. Funeral Directors. Can you, that can you help me out with. Well, and, and let's be honest, like something like Princess Diana's funeral and stuff like that. There, There is oh, a yeah. group I'm of sure. people I'm sure. working on it. And, and of course, that's all. um part of their um, and obviously if it's like a president you're gonna have the secret service you're gonna have all that but i'm just saying like like you know i know that uh uh madonna's from michigan somewhere you know originally from michigan you know like it maybe she comes home when she dies who knows right and the the thing the thing that i always wonder about kid kid rock is a perfect example like or eminem right um slim you know i just wonder (laughs) if that local funeral (laughs) director is like I got to start preparing for it now. Like, uh, where are we going to host this? You know, and and again, I also think it's beautiful if the families come in and go, I don't want paparazzi there. I don't want the public there. Well, I know, I know for a fact, I did talk to uh, um, uh, a colleague of, of mine that I, I really respect and their funeral home was part of um, was it Rosa Parks, Rosa Parks uh, funeral. Um and I remember the conversation I had um, with them, and it was it was it was very enlightening because for the most part it was very you know we were honored to do it, um, but you know to humanize the situation too they they admitted it was extremely exhausting um, because you have to you especially when you have something of that magnitude you definitely can't screw anything up 
right? You can't. Um, and so with that situation, yeah, I'm sure you would, Doc. I'm sure I would call everybody I know that I think is, you know, think is professional enough to help me get through that experience because I can't imagine, I can't imagine having a million people, you know, thousands of people at a funeral. Well, to even humanize it more, you know, I'm just in my mind, I don't know why my brain went here, but like even parking cars, right? Everybody is a family member. Everybody is a close relative or a best friend or whatever. And, you know, again, I can't imagine the guy trying to park cars and we're talking thousands of cars. And, you know, there's always, unfortunately, this is most true in most cases, there's always one family member that tends to be 15, 20 minutes late. Right. And again, like, what do you do? Do you, do you, (laughs) do you just hold a spot and hopefully maybe have six or eight people pick up the car and put it there? Again, I know that sounds really silly. You would have to, I think you'd have to pick a place because didn't we lose Mr. Illage recently? It was Mr. Illage, right? Did I, did I, I, think yeah, I think I'm saying that right. Maybe. I think I'm yeah. saying that right. And then he, he had like an in-state, but it was in a building enough where people could come in, pay their respects, but they had to like, they, he had to keep it so, like a line. Yeah. yeah you have to like, it, you'd have to almost have it in some sort of gymnasium or arena or someplace well, that would be able to capable of doing it with security. This is an interesting question. Do you think most funeral homes are set up to be, you know, comforting, right? They're supposed to be places that we come and it's supposed to resemble a, a you right. know, a, right. a, you know, your, your living room, right? You want to feel home, homely in there. Um, I wonder if, you know, these celebrities, if they ever found out that they, you know, unfortunately because of how many people they, you know, the family wanted, they were, <laughs> you know, put in a gymnasium that maybe of the high school that they hated growing oh up. Oh my gosh. I you know what that. I mean? Like, it, it, well, I'm sure, I'm sure doc, I'm sure at the end of the day, most of them have private stuff too. I don't think it's just the main and then it's done. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's private funerals and fr- private visitations for just the family. And there's no way. I'm not saying all of them. I'm sure that there's private burials too, or private cremations, right? Because we know that some celebrities have chosen to go, green they've chosen to go cremation they've chosen to do um things that is important to them um but you know even the cemetery right can you imagine like calling the local cemetery and be like you know i don't know what to plan for maybe a billion people you know uh, <laughs> you know just like your town is just like a, especially if it's a small town that this person came from and they want to be buried with the rest of their family it would be an absolute nightmare. You, you, you'd have to get like the, the the township involved. You'd have to get like the local and state police officers involved. Um, maybe the national guard. I I have no idea in the magnitude of those kind of things. Which goes back to you know anybody out there that has had the um, honor of taking care of a celebrity. If you could write us on our email, that would be wonderful to have a communication on that. Um, it's let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have ever a experience, a celebrity funeral or visitation, wake, whatever, however you want to call it. Or if you've been a professional that's uh, helped coordinate it, or, you know, just were kind of the, the, the driver of one of the flower cards, like give us a, give us a, give us an email on that because I, I would love to know the details on that. And remember anybody who sends us a, an email, if you want to be anonymous, make sure that you 
put that in there because I want to protect everybody too if if they want to protect you know their well, identities. And to be honest, we just want to get ready so when Doc and Doc and I uh, make our way, you know, in the future, we we're prepared. I just prepared, right? I mean, we want to make sure. Make our Ida's way. Per- Isn't that interesting? Ida, Ida, you fluffed make, up saying make, dying. Make, we died. We made our way to death. And that's not what you said. Well, what? Wait, the, the five people that show up. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, but no, no, please, please get us. But no, I, th- I think it's very interesting. I, I think it's always interesting at, of course, the media, right? So yeah. the media, I mean, now it's like you hear about like Bob Saget, so, you know, Taylor Hawkins, Naomi Judd, you know, Meatloaf, all these. And it's just, it's always like, how do they die and who they are? And it's just like, I can't imagine being a family member and being bombarded by not only the loss of your loved one, especially if it's traumatic, Doc, especially if it's one of these 27 clubs. Um, and then on top of that, having to set up this enormous thing. So yet again, great topic tonight. Well, I think, you know, I, I definitely want to have some time for Q and A. So let's, 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 let's pull up a question. Let's get to those Q and A's. Q and A, Q and A. Everyone loves that Q and A. All right, Benny boy, Slim. Here we go. Benjamin Slimmy. I'm really struggling. So my dad, light of my life, and mentor unfortunately passed in January, and I haven't been able to cope. I keep being strong for my little brother, but I can't do it anymore. I'm falling down a rabbit hole, and I've lost all interest in hobbies. It feels like all the joy has been sucked away. Okay, so two two main things here. So this this individual has lost their dad, and they're also trying to um, lighten the load for the brother, right? They're trying to, um, be this guiding light. Um, I hear you and I, and and I can see the pain through the paper. Um, I can't, parents are, parents are a strange death, um, because there's part of you that dies with them. I, I think it's that whole generational thing. And I think for a lot of people, they either have extremely great relationships with their parents or they struggle to have relationships with their parents. I, I'm, I'm assuming, but this is, you know, when assumptions can make doc, but I'm assuming they had a good relationship with their father in this situation. And, and in that case, the person that kind of guided them to everything there, when they lose that, you know, there there's fear. There's a big fear of like, how am I supposed to do this without, that mentor right he he literally puts that on the paper there um and then yeah and then and then there is this like extreme pressure on yourself that you have to be the one especially if you're the older sibling um to uh, i i have to be the 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 man of the house or i have to be the the one that does this and that's 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 troubling because i think you really can't get through your own grief because you're worried about others, right? I, I strongly believe that you have to get through your own grief before you're able to. And I, I know that's easier said than done. I know everyone feels that way about their their younger siblings uh, and their family. But it is one of those things where I, I do think um, there's obviously they're struggling with this situation. They have to get through. Your thoughts, Doc, on this? So two things. One thing, the idea of... Um, basically let's normalize this you basically what you're saying in this question is is that you need to let it out 
you and to be honest with you i think that is being strong for your little sibling i think that is showing them that it is okay to have strong feelings it is okay to take care of yourself when you're grieving you know i've always been a firm believer when you get on an airplane what do they tell you when the masks fall you always put the mask on you first because you can't help anybody until you help yourself and i think this to me is is another example of this idea that to be strong means that you have to be stoic and you have to hold everything in and me as a you know a um, mental health professional um you know i can say this this these are the people that i'm gonna see because what's gonna happen is that you know they're gonna bury it and bury it and bury it until unfortunately it it's gonna come out and what it normally comes out in is anger and again that's the last thing you really want to um put between you and your little sibling is to have resentments because you couldn't you didn't take the time to deal with your own emotions so you blame them because of you i couldn't deal with my emotions the reality is it's not because of them it's because of you and you have to take you have to take responsibility the other thing that i want to say is is that with grief and um which is very similar to depression right and a lot of symptomology the the loss of hobbies or interests that's normal um that's what happens when people are clinically depressed. They lose interest in their hobbies and things that they normally would make them happy do not anymore. Normally, what tends to happen is if you work through your grief, those interests will become fun again. It's just really hard to um, to enjoy anything when you're hurting so badly. Especially if those interests and hobbies involved the person that's passed, right? Absolutely. If they were a partner in that, in that hobby or interest and then... And that's not necessarily saying that those interests and hobbies may go away and you may get some new ones. You might make some new ones through your through your journey of grief. So what I would challenge you uh, to do as a funeral professional is get out there and, and try new interests, try new hobbies, get out, get some fresh air. Um, and, and, and honestly, this honest, honestly is not a question. It's, it's, a, it's a statement. And first of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and putting this out on paper. And nothing against what you said there, Benny boy, but um, I also want to say that it's it's okay to grieve too. It's okay to to take a month or two months or a year or a year and a half or three years. Um, for everybody, it's different. And if that's how you need to explore it, is by staying home and you know journaling and and doing all that stuff. Do it because it's not going to go away. The death is never going to go away. It is something that will always exist, and it's something that you will always hurt from how that hurt looks and how you feel about it will change over time. It doesn't, time doesn't heal that wound. Time just makes it uh, a little bit easier, I guess is what, what I would say. Well, yet again, thank you for, for reaching out. Thank you for putting this on paper. It, it, it's, it's impressive and it, we see you and we hear you. Um, yet again, if you have any of these thoughts, uh, statements, questions, maybe just uh, want to tell Doc and I about a cool uh, death song you heard, uh, please email us at letstalkaboutdeathpod at gmail.com. Also check out Spotify and, and Apple and, and get on there, write some reviews and, and like us, put some stars up there. Tell, tell your friends about uh, Let's Talk About Death. It's, it's hopping. It's hip. It's- and please, 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 if you're listening to this and you know someone who is grieving right now, send them a link to our podcast because if nothing else, they have a place that they can send some questions our way and maybe we can help out. Well, Doc, Nick, I'm just going to end it how we always do. You know, if you're not talking about death, you're not living. Thank you.